This is Charlottesville Community Engagement, as I said. And now, another story about the development code. After spending several hours on two rezonings under the city's existing development rules, the Charlottesville Planning Commission spent 80 minutes on continued deliberations about what they would recommend to city council. Would they make a recommendation after all that time? Their discussion was aided by a set of materials that was not included in the original meeting packet for the October 10th meeting and was uploaded to the city's calendar under the Other tab for the meeting. The 36-page document begins with a draft resolution for approval, followed by a list of changes to the zoning code suggested by commissioners during their previous deliberations. There are also several specific map changes that had been previously discussed, plus a couple of others that had not. But for the first time, commissioners saw language for a new Core Neighborhoods Corridor Overlay District created at their direction. These would allow for additional height through a special exception process, but only if certain conditions are met. Here is the statement of intent for this section. These racially diverse and affordable neighborhoods historically met their day-to-day needs on the adjacent Preston and Cherry Avenue corridors. The Core Neighborhoods Corridor Overlay District is intended to support these neighborhoods and implement the comprehensive plan goals of encouraging the construction and continued existence of moderately priced housing, creating and preserving affordable housing, respecting the cultural heritage of the adjacent neighborhoods, supporting public health, encouraging economic development activities that provide desirable employment, and the overall promotion of a convenient and harmonious community. Commissioners first went through a series of recommendations for changes to the zoning code for council to consider. Each one is numbered, and I'm going to stay some highlights now, but you're also going to need a link to the current draft to make any sense of this by yourself. On building heights... The maximum height for a building in Residential A would be increased to 35 feet if there is one unit. The height could be as tall as 40 feet if there's more than one unit. Previously, there was no additional height for additional units. Fries said this would allow for people who want flat roofs. The base height for a building in Residential C would be increased to 40 feet, up from 35 feet. The allowed height would increase to 52 feet if there were affordable units on site. The bonus height for affordability in Node Mixed Use 8 would be increased from 142 feet to 156 feet. Same for Corridor Mixed Use 8. The bonus height for affordability for Node Mixed Use 10 would be increased from 170 feet to 184 feet. The bonus height for affordability for downtown mixed use would be increased to 184 feet, or three more stories. The bonus height for affordability for downtown mixed use would be increased to 184 feet. Previously, those limits would be up to the Board of Architectural Review. The bonus height for affordability in Industrial Flex 8 would be increased also to 156 feet. Now, here are some changes related to uses. At least one residential unit would be required to enable commercial uses in residential zones. However, this could be waived by a special use permit. Commercial uses allowed in Residential B and Residential C would be allowed by right on corner lots. There is a whole new section regulating homestays, a big change from the original final draft, which had phased them out. Now, there's a whole set of rules that were not there before. 
there was a discussion about number 49, which deals with transitions. The group Charlottesville Area Developers Roundtable, or CADRE, had asked for this language to be inserted. Transitions are not required along street lot lines where the right-of-way between the abutting zoning designations is greater than 29 feet. Commissioner Carl Schwartz pointed out that this could allow buildings higher than three stories on West Street. The commission agreed to not insert this language. There's a whole new section for a special exception permit that was not previously in the draft. More on that in just a few moments. The suggested changes came from many sources. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg sought to insert language for a church he said wanted to expand. CX3 or something. Uh, it's next to RB over the corner. Um, and you can do a church that is the same height and setbacks or whatever in RB. But because it's R RX or CX3, it requires a transition, which like... They're, they're being punished for being in that higher zone, whereas if they were still RB, they would have been able to, to do it more flexibly. Stolzenberg got suggested language from Code Studio, and the rest of the commission agreed to make this change. Here now are some map changes. Fifth Street Extended, including the Willoughby Shopping Center, would be increased from Corridor Mixed Use 5 to Corridor Mixed Use 8. This had previously been discussed. The section of US-29 from the US-250 bypass to Greenbrier Road, well, almost, would be increased from Node Mixed Use 8 to Node Mixed Use 10. This had been previously discussed. Commissioners saw a new map for the Venable neighborhood that would increase areas close to the University of Virginia from Residential Mixed Use 3 to Residential Mixed Use 5. Commissioners discussed whether to make a portion of Grady Avenue that still remained RX3 to also be RX5, but ended up keeping it as is. Land owned by the University of Virginia Foundation and UVA on 10th and Wortland that has been designated for UVA's affordable housing initiative had been proposed as Civic, but will now be rezoned to Corridor Mixed Use 8. One map change that had not yet been seen or discussed regarded the core neighborhood overlay district. All of Preston Avenue between Rosser and McIntyre would be reduced to corridor mixed-use 3, including the site that had been proposed for Dairy Market Phase 3. Here's James Fries, the city's director of Neighborhood Development Services. We're proposing taking Preston Avenue and Cherry Avenue and Cherry Avenue is already CX3, but make the length of Preston Avenue also CX3, and then implying this overlay district, which would basically say you have to get a special exception permit in order to get additional height in these districts. And to get that additional height, you have to do two of the things on that list at the bottom. To get that height, a developer would need to provide at least two items from a list. A quarter of the units must be affordable at 60% of the area median income. Affordably priced commercial space must be made available for neighborhood-focused uses. Space would be provided for educational training, job training, or other similar uses. Provide indoor space or outdoor space could be provided for use by the local community. There could be space provided for a community garden or urban agriculture. There could be sustainable design features local art installations, or other features or amenities that support the intent of this section and the goals of the comprehensive plan. Such special exceptions would have to be approved by city council. A developer could still get additional height 
if they provided affordable units just like every other part of town. I think we really have set this up as an either or. Commissioner Lyle Sola Yates had extensive notes about the idea and wanted more work done in anticipation of potential legal challenges. Specific, measurable uh, things that we can fight in court. For instance, he argued that each of the amenity spaces to be provided have a minimum of 2,500 square feet. He said the local art must be done in participation with a local art authority. Other commissioners weren't so keen on that last one. Commissioner Rory Stolzenberg said he would like provision of units guaranteed for households lower than 60% of AMI. I would assume the idea is we're pushing people to incorporate some LIHTC element or right. a PHA element or something into right. their project. LIHTC stands for Low Income Housing Tax Credit. Stolzenberg didn't actually say what PHA stands for. It could be either Piedmont Housing Alliance or Public Housing Authority. Commissioners reached consensus to reduce the amount of affordable units in item number one from 25% to 20%. We'll come back to this point later on in this segment. One of the major points of the entire Seville Plans Together initiative is to encourage and guarantee subsidized units where affordability has not always been preserved. How will success be measured? What will the rules be? Many of these rules will be codified and explained in the Affordable Dwelling Unit Manual rather than in the code itself. Still, some high-level rules will be in the body of the zoning ordinance itself. Commissioner Phil Duranzio said suggesting change number 38 for the Term of Affordability section. Affordable units created for sale must be sold to households with incomes less than 60% of the area median income. The language reviewed would require a deed restriction giving the city of Charlottesville or a qualifying nonprofit organization a right of first refusal to purchase the home upon its first resale. A question that sprang from this moment was a discussion of whether the planning commission has to make recommendation on the affordable dwelling unit manual itself, as well as the development review procedures manual. Sharon Pandek, the city's outside council, said yes, but that vote did not have to happen at the October 10th session. They don't have to be in this particular uh, resolution tonight, but I do think it would be useful for them to make recommendations to council. Duranzio asked if the Planning Commission should make a recommendation on an idea for a new district that he had brought to Freeze. At least one commissioner thought he meant the new core neighborhoods corridor overlay district. That's no, yet another one. I'm sorry. The oh, the, we the, spoke, the, yeah. the, the, the neighborhood overlay. Yeah. Yeah. Freeze cleared up the matter. I met with uh, Commissioner Duranzio in his capacity representing the Housing Advisory Committee today, and we talked about a new district that would, um, whether it's overlay or a base district, I think my preference is a base district, but it basically mirrors the R8 district that we've proposed, but kind of tamps it down for these anti-displacement areas. Freeze said this would mimic the original intent of the sensitive communities area that were proposed in the comprehensive plan that would restrict development rights in certain areas. Only one additional housing unit would be allowed if affordability provisions were not being sought. And then it would allow up to six units if all of the bonus units were affordable. 
However, the language was not ready for this meeting, and Fries wanted to know if the Planning Commission could make a recommendation based on the concept, if not the details. Pandak asked if she had been sent this second idea for a new district, and Fries said no. It was a conversation today at lunchtime where we, and, and what we're trying to address is really the comments raised by council at the last meeting. That meeting was the October 3rd meeting by city council where they discussed anti-displacement efforts. I've not had a chance to write about that one yet, but Pandek weighed in. I think you could approve recommendations tonight with respect to the zoning ordinance and the map, much along the lines of your attachment A, as I will call it, that you just discussed. And then you could say, in addition, the Planning Commission um, makes the following recommendation about conceptually about the district. Pandek said the language would have to be reviewed to see whether the details of this second district would need to formally go through the Planning Commission. We need to flesh out some yeah. of the concepts in this. Simply saying we have also this new district, in my mind, is not sufficient to do anything more than take it up later. Just a reminder, we're discussing material that none of us have reviewed or considered. Because it doesn't exist right. beyond a conversation that was had. Yeah, yes. I mean, I, I, yeah, I'm just saying that conceptually I'd have a difficulty saying let's move forward with this with a pending district and or overlay, which might be a significant portion of this. Commissioners discussed whether to wait another week to flesh out the concept further or to send it along to council as just the concept. Duranzio said he was opposed to doing so without fleshing out the details first before the Planning Commission signed off on the next steps. I want a whole code, not a code full of holes. And it seems to me that we're putting a, that's leaving a fairly substantial hold of a very, very important matter that has not gotten, frankly, the uh, bandwidth that it really needs to get. With about 20 minutes to go in the meeting, Fries said he felt there were too many items that needed to be locked down before the Planning Commission took up a recommendation. Based on the level of discussion we're at, I, I'm kind of inclined, and I know Mrs. is probably going to hate me for this, but to say that we need to go ahead and capture all of this and bring it back to a subsequent meeting. A final meeting to take a vote on that recommendation will be held on October 18th. That will give time for Duranzio's idea to be further developed for review. There was a brief discussion of this late Tuesday, including establishing what the boundaries for this area would be. Other changes may also be made between now and it being published in another Planning Commission agenda. Commissioner Habab said he was concerned about this approach and repeated what he had previously said when this idea didn't make it into the zoning. It gives me the same heartache that we had, I had before about essentially down zoning instead of communities. It's a, a negative on their generational wealth building. But, yeah, so one of the, what, what this is informed by in part is that there is no debate in the anti-displacement zones about the preference. The preference is way over on the side of preserve my neighborhood over the wealth issue. Commissioner Schwartz was also concerned, and it is certain this will be a further discussion on October 18th. The commission did not make a recommendation and technically continued the meeting rather than adjourning. This point was 
Sharon Pandak insisted on that language. To wrap up this segment, one quick property transaction from this month. On October 6th, a couple purchased 905 Page Street for $600,000. The lot and a previous structure sold for $30,000 in September of 2017 to Loft Realty and Investments LLC. Another entity called Viator LLC bought the lot in February 2019 for $80,000 and built a structure. This sold for $435,000 in January 2020 and $577,000 in June of 2022. Could it be that some know how to make money and the rest of us just live here? For now. Next up in my coverage, I'll write up the City Council's anti-displacement conversation from October 3rd. I will also hope to write up the City Council's discussion on population from October 18th. So much to write. Stay tuned. 